Welcome to the latest on the law, a podcast of the Boston Bar Association. The Commonwealth's premier legal association, the BBA, is home to over 15,000 members and 140 institutional partners consisting of law firms, corporations, government agencies, legal aid organizations, and law schools. Visit us at bostonbar.org to learn more. I want to welcome you to the program. Um, we're going to be talking about visibility for new lawyers today. Um, I think we we will start, though, with inter introducing ourselves. So I'll just quickly introduce myself. Uh, my name is Kathleen Liakos. I work in civil litigation as an associate at Arrowwood LLP. Um, and I'm going to let our, our participants uh, introduce themselves. So, Savan, would you please start? Sure. Thanks so much, Kathleen. Uh, and thank you to the BBA for having me here today. I'm very excited to be a part of this panel. Uh, as Kathleen said, my name is Saman Lamb. I am a senior associate in the private credit group, uh, which is a finance practice um, at Proskauer here in Boston. Um, I started here when I was a summer associate uh, and have been here for about eight years now. Um, and so I uh, used to work at the BBA actually before law school. Um, and so it's always nice uh, when I can uh, participate in events and programs like this now uh, as an attorney. So thanks so much. Great, thanks, Simon. Um, Susan, you wanna go next? Thank you, Kathleen. And thank you again to the BBA for inviting me to, to join this this morning. Um, I'm Susan Bocamazzo. I'm the publisher at Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly. Hopefully folks are familiar with Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly. We are the only statewide legal publication. We are solely for attorneys and we've been publishing for over 50 years. Um, I actually started out as a reporter here at the publication and I'm now, I now serve as the publisher. Great, and Ojin. Thank you, Kathleen. Uh, my name is Ojin Siren. I am the Chief Marketing and Talent Officer of um, a mid-sized law firm here in Boston called Sullivan and Worcester. Um, and I just want to echo what, every, um, what uh, everyone else has said. Just thank you to the BBA for allowing us to be here today to talk to all of you. Um, I have been at the firm um, for about 17 years. Uh, before that, I practiced law um, and worked at a large law firm in New York City, but I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Great. Thank you all so much. Um, I think we'll, we'll just get it get right right to it. So just as by way of brief introduction, um, today we're going to talk about obviously visibility for new lawyers, but really how to get your name out there, how to just make sure you're staying involved. Um, specifically how to get published, how to get recognition from the legal community at large, um, the importance of getting involved in the legal community, and then also at, at your firm. So we're going to, um, I'm going to ask some specific questions of all of our panelists, and then at the end, we'll have a, a Q&A, but uh, participants can, uh, attendees can feel free to ask questions at any time via um, the chat function on, on Zoom. Um, so let's get started. Um, before going out and trying to get recognition in the community as a whole, um, a lot of networking and visibility does start right at your firm, as I mentioned. So I'm going to start with you, Ojin. As someone who works in professional development and marketing at Sullivan, can you tell us how new lawyers can kind of show up and get their name out within their own firms? Absolutely. Um, so I always tell our associates, whether they're first-year associates, mid-level associates, or even partners, when you start at a law firm, your first job is to get to know the lawyers within the organization and specifically within the practice area that you work. So um, I always say that the most important marketing you can do for yourself is to market yourself internally first. And then opportunities usually come from there. Um, so, you know, for example, if you're working in the private credits area, um, you know, learn who the other lawyers are in that group um ask you know depending on how your organization does assignments um you know figure out who the assignments person is whether that's a partner whether that's a professional development person or whomever it is and try to get as much exposure in the area that you are working in in your practice area um and usually from there, opportunities develop and um, to have conversations about moving, moving it from the actual work itself to doing things like um, writing for the firm. So a lot of a lot of law firms and have 
practice areas that have specific newsletters that go out and they usually talk about new um, regulations or new cases that might be of interest to clients or even things that, um, you know, if you worked on a transaction and that transaction closes, a lot of times um, folks, certainly in the marketing department, look for information that they can put on LinkedIn or on the firm's website um, with respect to that transaction. And so it's a really good way to get your name out both internally in the organization, but also externally in the organization. Um, and, you know, that also helps um, your own bios. You know, one of the things that we struggle with, at least on the marketing side, is getting our attorneys to update their bios on a regular basis. Um, but that is something that I think if you develop a habit early on in your career, it sort of, it, it flows through um, the other things that I've discussed. So getting to know people, working on matters, when matters close, making sure you're reporting them on your bio, working with someone, whether in the marketing department or other partners or senior lawyers on your, um, on your matters to see if there's an interest in putting together a LinkedIn post or putting together something in the firm's newsletter or even, um, you know, anything external like um, chamber submissions, you know, putting putting experience in a in a in a database somewhere and working with the marketing team to do that. But um, but absolutely for me, um, the best advice that I give associates is start start marketing yourself internally before you can even think about marketing yourself externally. That was all great. Thank you so much. And I even find myself as an attorney, if there's an area of law I'm actually not familiar with, or even just like this niche area, I sometimes find firm blog posts and say, okay, that's actually helpful. It identifies the statute or whatever it is, right? And leads me in the right direction. Um, but that that was very great. Thank you. Um, and Simon, could you talk about firm blogs and client alerts, just like in your particular experience as an attorney, um, working with those, how you find them useful? Yeah, of course. And I completely agree with everything Ojin just said. Um, I think it's so important to sort of start, kind of start small, right? Start within your sort of immediate circle, which is really your practice group. And so for me, um, particularly when I was junior, you know, I met obviously a lot of partners through working with them, but then there are partners in my group. It's big enough that there are partners that I hadn't been staffed on matters with. So a really good way to get to know those partners um, is is teaming up with them to write a client alert or, or a blog post um, or a client article. Um, and so, you know, we publish client alerts all the time, which are typically more uh, sort of timely, newsworthy topics. Um, so, for example, when the fallout of Silicon Valley Bank happened, that was very sort of relevant um, to our practice. And so our group uh, teamed up with you know, with some uh, other finance lawyers uh, it, at the firm and published a client alert on, you know, what has happened. Um, and they're pretty short too, so they're easy reads, um, but very sort of impactful. So, you know, what happened? Um, what is, you know, what can we do to help? You know, how should our clients um, consider reacting to the situation? So um, sort of events in the market like that um, are great opportunities uh, to write client alerts. And then, you know, client Articles are, are a bit longer typically, um, but partners are constantly looking for associates to uh, to team up with on, on those as well. So, you know, doing a lot of the background research, um, putting together a first draft, um, that's, you know, a great way to get to know the partners in your group or senior associates um, and also uh, to, you know, to be published very early on in your career and to get your name out there, out there and also to learn about something else uh, that's you know, related to your practice area that you may not know as, have known as well as much about. Um, and then we also publish a number of blogs. Uh, so, you know, everything from specific practice area blogs to community service and pro bono. Um, and so those are also great opportunities um, to get published at, at a firm as well. Um, and I would also sort of add, um, it, you know, in addition to all of that, particularly at a big law firm, it's important so once you get to know the folks in your practice group, to kind of expand, look a bit beyond that at your firm as well, um, and get to know folks in other practice groups. So I've actually made it a point now, um, since I've been here for a number of years, um, that that a big, you know, firm or office-wide events or even summer associate events, 
I intentionally don't talk to the people in my practice group. Um, obviously, you know, I talk, I say hi to them and I'll talk to them for a bit, but certainly not the whole time because those are great opportunities to interact with people in other practice groups and learn about what they do um, and, you know, hear about what's on their plate, what they're seeing in the market, you know, what's keeping them busy. Um, and, and that helps you sort of understand what the firm can offer as a whole and the other resources that the firm can offer. Um, and, you know, as you get more senior and you're talking to clients, a potential client, having a more round, you know, a rounded set of rounded knowledge of what the firm has to offer will help you market both yourself and the firm as a whole. Um, so I think it's important to take those opportunities um, to, you know, get to know folks outside your practice group too. Um, and I think there are a lot of opportunities at the firm um, or, you know, uh, whether it's a large firm or mid-sized firm, small firm, um, or, you know, if you're at or an organization or, or a legal services organization, there are a lot of opportunities to get involved in, you know, sort of extracurriculars. I think at a law firm um, that can come in the form of, you know, recruiting, getting involved in, in those efforts. Um, Serving on the hiring committee is something that I've really enjoyed doing um, for many years now. Uh, we have something called the Associate Council, which is like student government for the law firm. And that's also a great way to meet associates and other practice groups, um, you know, sort of see the firm from a different angle um, and, and learn more about, you know, how to run a law firm. Um, and so, you know, those are all sort of kind of extracurricular activities at the firm, but a, but a great way to increase your visibility um, at the firm, you know, a bit beyond your practice groups or once you have gotten to know the, the folks in your practice group. And just to add um, what Simone just said, um, one of the things that um, stuck out to me in particular is especially as we move from the COVID, you know, remote world into, you know, for most law firms, a hybrid world. Um, attending events, certainly event attendance has definitely suffered, I think, across the board, whether they're external events or internal events. But, you know, they seem to be back. And one of the one of the most important things, at least internally in your organization that can do is just to show up half the time and um, agree with not, you know, being in a group of people that you already know, but pushing yourself to talk to people that um, that that you don't necessarily know as well. And then secondly, a lot of law firms will um, sponsor, uh, get a table at events, whether it's the BBA, any of the BBA events or Mass Lawyers Weekly events or whatever it is. Um, you know, going to those is a really great opportunity to meet other people within the organization that you don't necessarily work with on a day-to-day -day basis. And then the only other point that I wanted to mention is, is with LinkedIn posts, you don't necessarily have to just um, post what you work on on LinkedIn. A lot of times law firms or organizations post on other things um, within the firm that you haven't worked on, or it could be some news in the firm that they're sharing or whatever it is, you can share that post and, you know, get visibility that way as well. You know, all of those are great points. Thank you both. Um, and I think the, the point about showing up and then just some on so many uh, different examples of how you can show up within the firm, that, that's um, super helpful. It definitely starts with showing up, <laughs> especially after the COVID era. Zooms are nice, but sometimes you got to be in person. Um, so that's all very helpful. And so I just want to focus on... Um, we, we talked a lot about kind of being in the firm and publishing within the firm and other things you can do. So focusing still on publishing, but how you can get published um, outside of the firm. I wanted to go to you, Susan, um, and have you tell us and, and all the new lawyers kind of what it looks like to be published by Mass Lawyers Weekly and your involvement with that and what they can do if they'd like to, um, to get involved that way. Sure, I can, I can certainly speak to that. Um, one thing I will say, though, to follow up on what was just talked about is that client alerts and blogs um, can also be a way to get media attention. I get a lot of those or look at a lot of those. And if I see one that looks interesting, I'll pass it along to editorial. So um, it's great for, for client service, but also it can get your name out there in other ways, too, if reporters are trying to do some research. Um, but in terms of getting of getting published, what, what I would suggest is that you 
as you're working along, keep thinking of there are things you're working on that might be a potential story idea, something that is uh, a case that you've won that there was a new cause of action or a case that you handled where it's an issue that lawyers in your practice area have been waiting for some kind of answer on, something that that other attorneys who do the same kind of work you do might need to know, want to know, find interesting. Keep an eye out for trends. If in your particular practice area, you are seeing a lot of cases where this issue is coming up or that issue is coming up, or this is an unanswered question. Those are all things that could be potential stories for publication. Uh, then you want to give some thought to what publication is a good fit for the story. If it's a more sort of, maybe sort of a human interest story or the facts are particularly interesting, then maybe that's something that's for more of a general circulation publication like a Boston Globe or something like that. If it's more technical and more for attorneys, then Massler's Weekly might be a good fit for that. Um, if it's a business oriented story, maybe the Boston Business Journal is a good fit. Then in terms of how do you, you know, how do you bring that story to our attention? Um, really, I would suggest reaching out to the reporter or the editor directly. I mean, we, Massler's Weekly is a pretty small staff. We get a lot of story ideas from readers. A lot of people just reach out to either me or my editor or one of the reporters and say, this is something I'm working on. This is something that I think is interesting. Have you seen this? You can go directly. You know, most, most reporters have their email addresses or their phone numbers right on the website for whatever publication they work for. It's very easy to reach out to them. And I would suggest that you just reach out and say, this is, you know, this is what I'm working on. This is why I think it's interesting. You do want to tailor it. And this is something that your marketing folks can help with. You do want to make sure it's tailored to the particular publication. You don't want to send a story idea to Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly that, that isn't legally unusual, that maybe is the facts are really interesting, but it's not something that's new or unique. On the flip side, you maybe don't want to send a really technical story idea to the Boston Globe, right? That's maybe not what they're going to want to pick up on. So the one thing that sometimes happens is that we'll get story suggestions that clearly, clearly no one really thought about whether this is a good fit for the publication. And again, this is something I think that internal marketing folks can help you with, but you really do want to make sure it's tailored to who you're trying to reach out to. And then just be mindful of the fact that it, for at least for Lawyers Weekly, it has to be of interest to the broader community. It shouldn't just be something about the firm specifically. And so a good example would be, um, if your firm added a new practice area, that's not really a news story. If your firm worked on a case that answered an issue that members of the bar have been worried about, that's a potential news story. So it has to be of interest to the larger readership. And I, that's true for other publications. They're looking for stories that serve their readership. And if there's a, if it happens to also uh, provide you know you with some media exposure. Well, that's a kind of a happy accident for them. But what we're really looking for is to serve our readership. Uh, now, uh, aside from just pitching story ideas, there's other ways you can get yourself published. You could write a letter to the editor on it, something that's run in the publication or something that's of interest to people in the community. Maybe a new piece of legislation that affects lawyers. Uh, maybe something you read in Lawyers Weekly. You could also write a, a longer form piece. We run. We have an op-ed column where these are longer than a, than a letter to the editor, um, more time consuming, but talking about case law developments, talking about a case that you worked on, talking about a trend in the, in the practice. Um, now, I would suggest that you reach out to the publication first and don't just send it cold because you may find out that they've already run something like that or it's not something they're interested in. Um, but those are other ways to get your name out of them. That would be under your name as opposed to you just being a source in a larger story. That's really great. Thank you, Susan. Very helpful. I know, you know, a lot of us obviously read Messler's Weekly, but to actually get published is a really good way to get your name out there. Or like Simon and Ojib were talking about, to um, work with someone else at your firm on, you know, an article or an idea and kind of team up. And there's a lot of benefits to that, to that as well. So thank you for explaining that. Um, so we also, we have Simon here who is on the board of editors for the BBJ, the Boston Bar Journal. So Simon, would you mind telling us, um, 
maybe just you know briefly how you got involved in your experience being on the board, but also uh, of course um, how to get published in the BBJ. Kind of what what is the BBJ? How you get published and how you might tailor an idea or an article to that publication. Of course. Uh, so disclaimer: I've only been on the board for about two months. Uh, but it's been great so far, and I've learned a lot already. Um, and I actually love it because I've already read articles about things that I knew nothing about. So it's a really good learning opportunity for me as well um, in that sense. Uh, but the BBJ publishes timely articles um, basically in, in almost every practice area. Um, and a lot of what we're looking for, um, I'll probably echo Susan a bit here, um, is similar to uh, what it sounds like, you know, the Mathwares Weekly publishes. Um, but we publish four times a year um, and uh, we have authors submitting articles, um, uh, you know, on all different topics. The authors are lawyers um, across different fields, um, private practice, you know, government, legal services. Um, the, we have a, a column every publication that comes from judiciary. So, um, those are obviously members of the state and federal judiciary that um, offer, you know, their perspective um, and also law students. Um, so, and actually I just ran an article from a, from a legal recruiter. So it's a really wide range um, of articles that we receive, which is really great um, since it's sort of, you know, really reflective of the, the broader legal community um, and, and who our audience is. So it gets circulated to all the BBA members, which I think is over 15,000 at this point. Um, so a really great way to get your name out there, um, to increase your visibility by submitting an article. Um, and we publish categories ranging from legal analysis, which is you know timely insight into a legal issue, um, to articles about the profession as a whole, so sort of the more unique challenges um, and competing demands that, that lawyers and, and other folks in the legal community um, sort of have to address or, or deal with. Um, we, folk, uh, we publish articles that are uh, more focusing on a particular case, so generally taking a, a neutral perspective on the facts of the case and how the court um, sort of decided the facts in that situation um, and, and their opinion on that case. Uh, as I mentioned before, um, there's always a piece that's the voice of the judiciary. Um, so we're hearing from judges and what's on their minds. Um, we also publish uh, practice tips. So uh, sort of new developments in the law, uh, ways that folks have found uh, to make their practice more efficient, for example, um, to sort of help others in the community navigate the profession as well. Um, and so if you're interested in, in being published in the BBJ, um, sort of the best, the best way to go about it is you can submit a, uh, an interest form um, online um, with an article idea. It's generally um, a, a good idea to sort of submit that early on before you're too far along because we can kind of help you, you know, work the idea perhaps into and make sure that it's something that's appropriate for the BBJ and, and that, you know, if it's uh, sort of tangentially getting at, at something that we're really interested in, in publishing on, we can sort of steer you in that direction to help sort of fill, fill that need um, as well. And so it, it's usually um, helpful to sort of hear from potential authors early on in the, in the process. Um, so that again, we can sort of work with you um, th throughout the process. And so, you know, you can submit a topic and then we'll let you know if that's something that we think might be appropriate for, for the BBJ. And then uh, once uh, you submit a draft to us, it goes through multiple rounds of editing um, and revising. So you work with a coordinator um, who's on the board, uh, who gathers feedback from other uh, other editors on the board, um, and then uh, you know we help you proofread it and, and make sure that it it's ready for publication. Um, so you know it's a great way to, like I said, get your name out there to work with um, folks that are on the board, um, and the board consists of. Uh, of people in, in all different practice areas and, and all different types of practices, including judges. Um, so it, it's also can be a great opportunity to get to know um, someone through that someone through that process too.
That's great. And if you if you don't mind, um, just because we're touching on it, since you're on the board of the BBJ, how did you get involved with the board? I apologize. I don't think you mentioned this, but it, this board, but other boards, like in terms of board membership, like, is there anything you would recommend for new lawyers specifically on that point? Um, like, you know, is why it's valuable to you and, and how how you got on those boards? Yeah, I think this in particular at the BBA, um, I think it helps um, to be around, right, and, and to have met folks who are either working at the BBA or who are in leadership positions at the BBA. So it's, and it takes sort of years to build up those relationships and to build up your network. So I think, you know, as a more junior lawyer, just sort of showing up, kind of going back to the theme of showing up to things, right? Um, so, you know, attending events, you know, when you can, um, going to programs, receptions, um, things like that. And, and again, just trying, and I'm not, you know, it's not like networking comes super easy to me. Like, I don't just walk into a room and it's like feels at home, like, certainly not that way. But I, I think it is important when you have the time um, to, to attend some of those uh, events and programs that the PBA has to offer. Um, and so for me, um, the BBJ was looking to add members to the uh, board of editors, and particularly they were looking for uh, more corporate folks. And so um, since, you know, I'm pretty senior now and have been doing what I've been doing in the corporate department here at Proskauer for a number of years, um, uh, you know, the hope is that I can bring a, a corporate perspective to uh, to the board and also we are looking to publish more uh, articles on the corporate side and so um, you know I, I think uh, in that respect we have sort of rounded out the board a, a bit more now um, but that is a, a focus area of the board for this upcoming year um, is to publish more on the corporate side um, so yeah I think um, being on a board and those types of leadership opportunities kind of will slowly come your way if that's something you're interested in, um, just sort of by meeting more people and, and, and showing up and, and, you know, getting to know more folks. Thanks, Manal. That's really great. I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, there's just as a reminder to everyone, there's also other publications that, you know, we won't necessarily go into too much detail, but, you know, it, it's important to kind of do that research and, and see what's out there because they're there in addition to the BBJ and Mass Lawyers Weekly, there's the Mass Bar Association e-journal, um, Massachusetts Law Review, and certainly I'm sure, you know, other publications that you can look into. And there's always typically, you know, a, a review round, editing round, but that shouldn't discourage you. And um, like we talked about, you should always um, you know, feel free to talk to more senior uh, attorneys at your firm. I'm like usually, and I work at a smaller firm and I, I think it's the same, no matter what the size is. When you speak to senior attorneys, they usually will be happy that you want to get involved and either will have advice, you know, about how they did it when, when they were a new lawyer, or they might partner with you and, and work on something. You could work on something together. So publishing is a really, really good idea. Um, but Changing gears a bit here, I want to focus on kind of just professional development once, you know, how you bring your skills that you're developing um, as a new lawyer out into the community. Um, so, Ojin, if you don't mind um, talking about some opportunities that you see at firms that new lawyers um, can help, you know, I know we've we've touched on this a bit, but is there anything that hasn't been said yet about, you know, professional development in terms of, um, you know, think what new lawyers can participate in. Again, we, we've mentioned a lot already, um, but maybe the most important to you and maybe some specific examples, if you don't mind. Um, so, you know, I think that whether you are a junior lawyer um, coming into an organization as a, you know, first year associate or, or you know, whatever the equivalent is at the organizations that you're in, or you're a lateral associate that's still on the junior side, there's always ways to get involved in training. And I think that's one way to really showcase what you're learning and, um, or what you know, if you're coming from another organization and, um, you know, you feel pretty um, particularly, um, you know, have a good base of knowledge in a specific topic, you know, volunteer, certainly the professional development people at any organization would be happy to um, listen to any ideas that 
you may have um, that you think might make sense. Um, and, you know, it's just such a good, it's a good way to also get out of, a lot of people have um, issues with public speaking, doing small training sessions with other associates or even paralegals or whomever within the organization is a great way to, um, to practice those skills. So training is always a good one. Um, I think someone, uh, mentioned recruiting it's another great way to get your name out both internally but also externally um a lot of times you know you'll recruit you'll interview people that don't necessarily come to your organization but you stay connected with them throughout their careers and your careers and you know people people always remember that and also you know once you get more senior in your organization and you remember having a good conversation with someone but they went someplace else it's a great way to stay connected with them um so that's another thing that i would say um certainly you know any industry events that your organization may be involved in or your practice area may be involved in the partners in your practice area may be involved in um asking to be involved in some of those. So before before this webinar, I was at um, a real estate uh, conference that one of our partners um, speaks at quite often. And, you know, we invited some associates. And, you know, this is probably my fourth or fifth time going to this specific conference. And, you know, it's like, I think they have something every month. But just showing up there, you get you know, you see the same faces and people start recognizing you and they'll come up to you and start talking about you, but, um, or talking to you rather, but I think just consistency in attending things, um, is a really great way to, um, to just get your name out in, in your specific practice area. I think that is super, um, super helpful. And then, you know, LinkedIn, obviously we talked about that, but it's a really powerful tool. If you're not using it, I highly recommend using it. Um, and, you know, not just to stalk other people or connect with other people, but try to um, try to actually have a presence, you know, whether you're commenting on something or forwarding something or sharing something that your organization is doing, that's another really great way to get noticed. Um and then, um, and, and lastly, you know, I think use the resources that you have in your organization. So folks like me, you know, whether it's on the marketing side, the professional development side, we pretty much know everything that's going on in our organization. And, you know, I have associates come to me saying, oh, I want to do this, but I don't think we do it. And so not true, right? A lot of times not true. And I can put them in contact with someone either within the organization or outside the organization that might help them, but definitely get to know your marketing and professional development people in um, in your organization because they are a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ojen. Yeah. Um, so I have, we have a question here. Um, I, if, if everyone's okay with it, maybe I'll just um, ask it now and whoever, um, wants to pipe in can. Um, so is it good to serve on boards of advisors at client companies? That's the question. Anybody want to take this one? I mean, I guess I would have a, so, uh, you know, I, there are two ways to do that. One is you can actually attend board meetings as an attorney and, and take notes. So I assume that's not necessarily what they're talking about. From my perspective, I think if I think that's a firm policy question because there could be some conflict related issues. Um, you know, I've seen that come up, but Simone, I don't know if you have had experience that at your firm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that depends on the firm's policies. Um, also can depend on what type of matter um, you work with the client on, whether there is a potential for conflict um, or if it's perfectly fine. Um, so I think it can kind of vary depending on, um, you know, what group, what practice group you're in, you know, what the nature of the work you're doing for the client is um, and sort of the more specific capacity that you're serving in on the board um, and, and how active, you know, that role is. Yeah. And most, most organizations have policies um, about, serving on a board, uh, not, you know, not just for conflict purposes, but 
Um, if there's any sort of payment involved in terms of serving on a board, that could also be an issue. So I think I think the best answer for that one is you probably need to talk to your organization about what their policies are um, in that respect. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Um, and I just, while, while we were talking um, about professional development, just one other point is um, obviously we all love OGEN at our firms, um, but when it's a smaller firm, sometimes you don't have professional development people, but I've found um, the BBA like a really useful tool and OGEN was saying this like as well, um, but you know, it, either way, no matter what size firm you're at, but when you're at a smaller firm, um, you know, it can really help to, you know, meet people outside of the firm as well, you know, at those events. And and I often will go with people at my firm. So I feel like I'm, you know, achieving both, like getting to know the people at my firm, whether there's someone new or someone I've known for years, but also, you know, we, we meet people through events and then you go, you know, over the years and you become involved in committees and, and different, um, different projects at, at the BBA and other bar associations that are really helpful. Um, you know, no matter what resources you do have at, at your firm. Just to um, add to that, Kathleen, I completely agree with you. And, you know, those of us that do this at organizations, whether it's a law firm or elsewhere, but certainly law firms and Boston's a small legal community, even if you don't have someone like, uh, you know, like a professional development person within your organization, you can feel free to reach out. You know, I'm happy to help in any way, but I mean, I always people that I've interviewed in the past um, that have not come to our organization um, or even have left our organization and gone somewhere, they still kind of reach out for advice on little things. I mean, you should use the network. That's why LinkedIn is powerful because they don't have to be at your organization. They could be anywhere in your network. Totally agree. And that's such a great point. Like whatever your question is, like you can usually find someone in the network who either has been through it or is specifically, you know, um, able to give that advice because it's, you know, what they focus on, at, you know, in their job or anything like that. So thank you. That's great. Um, so Susan, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, awards recognitions. And this is, you know, usually not um, brand new lawyers, um, but that's, it's something kind of to be aware of as you start your practice, you know, what's out there in terms of what, you know, what are awards that people are getting in the profession and kind of what is the process if you want to either nominate someone or maybe if you think, oh, maybe someday I could be considered for, for that award. Could you maybe walk us through that? Absolutely. So Lawyers Weekly has uh, awards programs that hit lawyers at sort of every, sort of every stage of their practice. We have up and coming lawyer awards, which is for attorneys who are 10 years or less um, in practice. We have our top women of law, which is obviously women leaders. Um, we have our hall of fame, which is more senior lawyers who've been practicing for at least 30 years. And then we have our leaders in the law, which is a combination of our lawyers of the year who are our newsmakers. These are folks who did something in the past year that was particularly important for the profession. And then our in-house leaders, people who work in-house. So for this for this audience, probably the up and comers are the most likely category, although there's nothing that precludes someone who's 10 years or less out of practice from being either a top woman or a, 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 a lawyer of the year. But the nomination process, we are for us, our nominations are open all year. Um, we, speak, we promote them more heavily about three months out, but you can go anytime on the website and nominate for any of these categories. Uh, you can self-nominate, people do that. Uh, you can also have someone in your marketing firm or a colleague nominate you. I think some of the most important things to think of are that the more substantive the nomination, the better. Um, we get a lot of nominations that are really very thin, and that's that's not probably going to really advance the candidacy, if you will. So the more substantive, the better. The more detail that you can put in or have whoever nominates you put in, the better. And then we use at Lawyers Weekly, um, typically, we use outside panels for selection, but we also follow up with a questionnaire for anyone who is nominated. And I think that other publications do this as well. If you receive something like that, it's really important to respond. It indicates interest. Um, and then again, be as substantive as possible as you can in filling that out. We look for community involvement. A lot of the things we've talked about here, we're going to look for community involvement. We're going to look for a firm involvement, if you're involved in firm committees or a firm outreach, we look for 
pro bono work. Um, we look for bar leadership or involvement with bars and community involvement that isn't necessarily specifically legal. It could be that you volunteer at a local uh, charity for, for women. It could be that you volunteer with the school. But we're, we're always looking for things more than just your legal background and what you're doing in terms of your, your job. Um, and again, the more detail, the better, the more information you can give us on you know, cases you've handled, um, what you're doing outside of just practicing law. That's the kind of things that are more likely to get someone chosen um, as opposed to just, to just nominated. And again, you can self-nominate, at least for Lawyers Weekly, that's not a problem. Um, but also if it's a small firm, you may wanna ask a colleague to do it at a bigger firm. The marketing folks are typically very good at pulling together very substantive nominations. Um, they're the kinds of ones that are going to get the selection committee to take a close look. That's great. Thank you. Ojin, do you have any experience with, um, or do you have anything else to add maybe about awards um, that wasn't said, that wasn't said that you focus on with your um, people at your firm? Yeah, so one of the things that we do is um, during our self-evaluation process, we ask these sorts of questions, you know, are there any sorts of committees, awards, publications, whatever it is that, you know, you would like exposure to or, you know, um, you know, whatever uh, questions they may have about them. So we try to be very upfront about it. Um, a lot of times, you know, we are the ones, the, the marketing team is the one that's submitting a lot of the, for whether it's an associate or a partner, it's it's us sort of doing the work, the legwork. Um, I have seen people self-nominate, so totally agree with Susan. And a lot of times, like, they're in the best position to, um, to really put themselves forward, um, as opposed to having us kind of ghostwrite <laughs> these, um, these awards. But you know, it it is it is one of those things that is highly visible externally. I think people love to have them on their bios or be able to showcase them on LinkedIn. Um, but you know, some of them, and not not necessarily the ones at Mass Lawyers Weekly. I always caution because. There are others that are very much popularity contests too, um, that, you know, you have to get people externally to nominate you and you almost have to like put a campaign together for yourself. Um, so, you know, I, I guess the message there is if you don't get one of these awards, it's fine. Um, I think, you know, we even have, you know, I've heard partners sort of like get anxious about the fact that some of their colleagues are nominated and they're not it's you know it's recognition in any form is positive recognition in any form is always a good thing but it's not going to make or break someone's career if they don't you know if they're not a rising star or whatever it is but um but yeah I mean we I think the marketing departments of every law firm are certainly happy to help in, in that respect great thank you both so much that's great I think we have another question. Um, what is the best place to publish a blog entry? Um, so yeah, my experience has been, uh, well, I shouldn't say my experience. I, my firm doesn't have a blog because it's a smaller firm, but I've always seen them through firms. I don't know. Do, I, I'm not sure if the BBA has a blog, actually. I know they used to have tw the Twitter, <laughs> but um, does anybody know um, another place besides your own law firm that you might post yeah i mean so if if your organization is involved in like the greater boston chamber of commerce they have a blog and by virtue of being a sponsor firm or a sponsor organization it's not just law firms obviously um they will post any blog entries on um on their portals and a lot of industry organizations also have um, opportunities for external people to contribute to blogs as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I, I think if your firm, I mean, hey, you could always suggest that your firm start a blog if you're at a small firm, but um, if your firm has a blog, that's the first place I'd go, or I shouldn't just say firm, if your organization, whatever, um, wherever you are, if they have a blog, you should 
um, start there because it's probably easiest, but um, you can always next, or if you prefer to go to the, you know, the industry groups, um, that's, that's a really good um, a place to do it as well. Yeah, but even if you're, even if your organization doesn't, ha- it doesn't necessarily have to be a blog to serve the same purpose, I guess is, you know, something that I would, um, I would say, I mean, you know, we talked about client advisories a little bit. I mean, client advisories don't have to be really long. They could be very short bursts of, um, of information and, um, you know, so it doesn't have to be a blog to, um, to get whatever message is that they're trying to get across. I mean, even posting it on LinkedIn, um, you know, with a link to your website or something like that, um, with the full version is, is another way to, to do it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I see another one that I think we can um, answer now. Um, how do you recommend people find professional organizations to join? Um, the BBA is a great start. <laughs> um, I don't, does anybody want to take this one? I mean, I, I'm happy to start. Um, sure. So um, usually, I mean, one very easy way is look at pe- the people with whom you work or people in the industry that you know do specific type of work that's comparable to yours, just look at their bios and see what um, what industry organizations or bar associations or whatever it is that they're part of, um, especially if you have a very nuanced um, practice area. Like some are very obvious and easy. Um, like if you're an M&A lawyer, you know, there's like the Association of Corporate Growth or, you know, there are various other, there are various organizations, both locally and nationally um, that you can look for. But I'm, you know, when I, when I'm looking for, when I'm trying to help an associate and they have a question and they're in a very nuanced practice area, um, or very specific practice area that, you know, is not, is not really like, it's not litigation, it's not corporate. Um, then I always look at people's bios at, other law firms, our law firms, and look at the different types of organizations that they're involved in. But um, but a, a Google search always works. And also LinkedIn typically has, if you just start typing the practice area, there's an organization section on LinkedIn. Um, and a lot of times, if you just put it in the search function, a, a ton of things come up in, in various industry um, and professional association practices. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, you know, even if you start at the BBA because you're at this event, right, and you meet people, you do start to see the same faces or even people who work at the BBA, um, just even asking, right? You you can ask about other organizations at the BBA because there's the Women's Bar Association, the Massachusetts Bar Association, um, and then, of course, like all of the industry-specific organizations. Um, if you're in, I know, you know, there's like different county bar associations as well I, I think like Worcester County Bar Association depending on where you are but if you're in Boston you know I think the BBA is a good place to start at least um, and that's that's a good segue because the BBA can also help with community service um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, community service opportunities both within the legal community and outside of the legal community just to, I know we've got 10 minutes, but last topic, promise. Um, so Simon, um, can you um, start us off here with some some ways lawyers can get involved with community service? Yeah, of course. So I remember I was probably around uh, a second year associate at the time when um, I was, you know, more settled in my job here at Proskauer, um, had sort of figured out learned most of the initial learning curve at least um and and was really looking for a way to get more involved in in the community um and so the idea came to me of trying to serve on the board of a nonprofit. um and so i sort of reached out to a few contacts that i had um there are also uh sort of different uh programs at the bba that uh talk about, you know, how to serve on a board, you know, there are, um, there are fairs that, that boards attend if they're looking for board members. Um, and so there's many different avenues to sort of be connected to a board that's looking for members. Um, but I chose to join a board of a small, the board of a small nonprofit. Um, and it has been an amazing experience for me. Um, you know, I've met folks 
from outside of not even my practice area, but outside of what I do as a lawyer. Um, they're often very accomplished people um, who also are serving on the board, and it's a really good opportunity to interact with, frankly, non-lawyers, which can be kind of refreshing at times. <laughs> um, and also, you know, use my skills as a lawyer to advise the organization on, on different matters that come up. Um, and so, oh, it, this actually sort of gets at the, the question we received earlier um, about serving on the board of a client. So I, the board that I serve on um, is a nonprofit, but there were um, a couple of sort of legal related issues that came up when the organization was looking to uh, lease a property as their main site. And so I actually brought in um, that organization as a pro bono client. Um, and so we also helped them uh, look at a few different leases um, for properties that, that they were looking to rent. Um, and so that's sort of one example of how serving on a board could, you know, generate work, <laughs> client work or pro bono work. Um, but it's not, you know, that's obviously not, wasn't sort of the, the main goal I had in mind. Um, but I, I, I do think that it opens up a lot of doors and, and opportunities to, to, again, meet more folks in the community to feel like, you know, you're making impact um, on the community um, and, and sort of, uh, you know, add uh, another element um, in addition to sort of your day-to-day -day practice. Um, and so, you know, just sort of going further uh, on the, about pro bono, I think pro bono is a great opportunity to, to get involved, um, to lead matters, um, to really take initiative early on in your career. Um, you know, I, I think, I think uh, in addition to the, the matter that I brought in um, by serving on the board, I've worked on matters ranging from immigration to researching election laws to, um, to helping other nonprofits. Um, there, the firm also does cases like restraining orders. There's just such a wide range of cases that you can get involved in that are outside of your practice area, perhaps. Um, and, and for me, that has been sort of actually the most rewarding aspect um, uh, of pro bono work is um, sort of working with clients that aren't my sort of billable clients and, and, and in a way that allows me to also learn more about other, uh, other areas of the law sort of beyond my practice. Um, and like I said, especially as, as a newer, more junior attorney, pro bono work can be a great way to uh, sort of take a lead on, on a matter, um, perhaps, you know, even sooner than you might um, on, on sort of a client billable matter, but you can start sort of honing those skills of, you know, managing the client and being the face, um, face of the firm to the client and, and really being um, sort of the lead on, on that transaction. Yeah, that's all great. I don't have too much to add, um, but I, um, I would say you know it's sometimes the bigger firms have um, like pro bono departments, but at smaller firms you sometimes don't. So the BBA is a great resource, or other bar associations, a great resource for those um, trainings. I think Ojin was talking about, and Simon mentioned restraining order, like two hundred nine A trainings. The BBA, I did one of those, and not my practice area at all. Um, but you can attend no matter what your practice area is and take on actual clients. Um, I've done the Corey Clinic, which is like the sealing of criminal records, and then also um, was involved in, in planning some immigration, <clears throat> excuse me, um, immigration uh, programs, like pro bono programs, even though that's also not my practice area, um, but through the New Lawyers um, Forum at the BBA. So the New Lawyers Forum is just excellent, um, an excellent resource. And you can also, um, I know we're talking about community service, but just so you're aware, it's it's helpful for community service to get involved, but it's also helpful for um, really like enhancing your practice area because you can um, attend events. Uh, so we have like, um, what are they? Like 101 brown bag lunch. So you can learn about, you know, different areas or your area if you're just still new to it. Um, usually they're, you know, during lunch and, and easy to go to. Sometimes they're webinars like this. Um, the new lawyers also have liaisons. Um, basically, that means you would sign up to 
basically attend meetings of like the business litigation section or another section, depending on what your area of practice is. And those sections are made up of really accomplished attorneys in that area who you learn from and you basically like plan an event, excuse me, an event um, with that section. And so I, I did that a few years ago and I find that found that really useful um, and just a, a great experience. Um, the last thing I'll mention, because I know we're running out of time, is um, the PILP, the Public Interest Leadership Program through the BBA, is a really excellent program. Um, and you cover a, a lot of topics. Mine was by Zoom. I'm not sure. It might be in person now. Um, but you meet a ton of people who are really interested in you know, leadership and, and public interest, as the, the name of the group kind of suggests. Um, and we, you know, just heard a lot from excellent speakers. We actually had a whole meeting about board membership and basically a fair, like for um, help of, um, you know, uh, organizations looking for board members. And um, we had, you know, a whole panel on community service and the best ways to get involved. So not only meeting people, but kind of learning more, just like this, this program, um, but perhaps as you kind of advance further in your career. But my understanding is you can apply to PILP. Um, you do have to apply, but you can apply. I, I don't think there's a number of years you need to have been practicing. I could be wrong about that. But um, I think you can, you know, consider it as a new lawyer. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I, I don't have experience with this, but I know Ojin's brought it up a few times. The Greater Boston Chamber of Com Commerce is, you know, a, an industry group and they have City Awake. Um, does anybody, do any of you guys know more about City Awake? That's okay if not. So I'm, I just want to mention it. You can go to the website. <laughs> It'll give you more information. Um, but it's like a young professionals platform and you, they deal with, you know, civic engagement. They have cultural and social events and, and all of that. So I don't have much experience with that, but it's just kind of like we brought up. There are so many different organizations. That's just one that if you're interested in exploring, you can easily get the information online. And then once you contact them, that's how you start to meet people. You kind of just have to keep showing up, like we've been saying. Um, let's see. I don't think we have just a few minutes. I don't see any more questions. Um, but if you have to add, Kathleen is yeah. if you're looking to get involved in community organizations, again, they don't and and if your ultimate goal is to think about generating business for yourself or your firm, they don't have to be legal. You know, a lot of people um get business opportunities through their children's PTOs, like the parent-teacher associations, or even within your community. For example, if you're a real estate lawyer, um, maybe your town has like a planning board that you can sit in on or or be a member of. But um, there's, there's such a, there's so many different ways to get your name out in the community. They don't have to be legally focused or even client focused. Um, it's just, it's just letting people know what you do for a living. And a lot of times those opportunities will come either through friendship circles or people that you meet along the way. So I just wanted to stress that. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, I would also add, don't forget about your law schools and alumni associations, um, because those are great networks, obviously as well. Um, you know, uh, particularly as you get more senior years out of law school, you know, friends or or people that, that you went to law school can be doing all, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> um, and so, the, you know, those are great people to, to stay in touch with because even if someone is at a firm doing something that seems, you know, you know totally different, they could move somewhere else and maybe yeah. someday become a potential client or introduce you to a potential client. So that's I another agree. great way to The other thing I would connected. say to that, someone is be careful what you post on social media. I, because, you know, that is visibility, but it could be bad visibility. And even though it might, you might think it goes away, it doesn't go away. So, um, you know, sometimes just being aware of that, especially as a young lawyer, um, you know. No, that's a good, a good point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a good point. It's a good point. I thought of one last thing. Um, you know, even we, everyone has said this, but as you, um, you know, have like a victory in court, I mean, I'm not a litigator, but whatever victory it is um, or something you want to kind of show, um, like keep in mind, obviously, LinkedIn and all of the things we've talked about. But if I guess maybe this this is litigation focused, but Masler is weekly. You can submit the settlements and verdicts. Um, you know, it's a separate that's different than, you know, get, getting an article published. But don't forget 
um, that that's something you can do when you have like a success. You uh, Oftentimes you're limited by the settlement agreement and what you can share, but at least we in some areas of practice um, make it a, a practice to summarize kind of what happened. And really, um, I know that we use it in some areas for research as well. So you can see who the attorneys were. It's just, you know, that does get your name out there when you have like a victory that you want to share. That's a really good point. And yes, we encourage people to submit those. It's very helpful for the readers and it does it is a way to get your name out there. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Saman, Susan, and Ojin. I really appreciate all of you guys coming. I know um, the attendees probably do as well. I think it was a really informative panel. Um, anybody want to say any anything? Any last thoughts? <laughs> No. Well, thank right. you to you as well for moderating the yeah, panel. Thank you, and the BBA, of course. Yes, and thank, thank you. you. Yes, and thank you to the BBA, of course. Um, all right. It was great seeing everyone, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. You too. Thank you.